Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. It's me, Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. We're back. And it's better spring. than ever. Yay! Spring has sprung. Right. Yep. You guys think that they're actually going to do the thing where it's daylight savings time all the time next year? The fact that they managed to pass something bipartisan is astonishing to me. Mm-hmm. So I assume yeah. that there's something, some writer in there about how they have to drone strike 10% more kindergartens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that they picked daylight savings time and not standard. daylight standard time is messing me up so bad that no, I daylight really hope they don't do better. this. No, I disagree. And I really hope they <sighs> don't go through with this. I don't think it make. I don't know that it matters once you pick one. I don't know. Once it's implemented, I feel like it would just, it wouldn't make a difference. Well, this one, the the one they picked gives you more light at the end of the day, and the one that they didn't pick, the sun will come up earlier. Right. I like the feeling of falling back uh, in the Mm -hmm. fall when we change the clocks. What I don't like is getting out of work at 4pm and it's pitch black outside. (laughs) Yeah, that does feel bad when you're like, I'm done work but I can't do anything except sleep. Yeah, it's now time to go inside for their foul spirits out in the night. Mm -hmm. See, I don't mind that. I feel that anyway, all year round. (laughs) It's nighttime, (laughs) you shouldn't be outside. But, as someone pointed out on Twitter, they live in, I think, Michigan, um, this means the sun, if we take this uh, tactic, the sun will rise where they live on Christmas morning at, like, 9.30 a.m. And that mm-hmm. stinks. Eh, that's fine. No, that's perfect. <laughs> now I you stay up late just... telling spooky stories on Christmas Eve, and then you yeah, wake sleep, up. sleep longer. Problem solved. Yeah, you have your breakfast, and then you open presents as the sun comes up. Beautiful. <laughs> you tell scary ghost stories of tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you get Christmas all that extra is yet to time. come. You get all that mm. extra time for sugar plums to dance. Uh-huh. Mm, sugar plums. And to be yep. awoken in the middle of the night and put on your little poof ball pointy cap and your mm-hmm. little, uh, pick up your little candle Were people stick. sleeping in those hats? <laughs> I think they you, were at the time, because if you Would you wake up in the night with a, your mouth stuffed with a poof ball and you couldn't breathe? <laughs> the daddy from Don't Wake Daddy sleeps in one of those hats and it pops <laughs> off of his head when he wakes up. That's very oh, true. That's a real sleep goal for all of us, I think. <laughs> yeah, I want to sleep could... as soundly as the plastic dad from Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> if you could train your body so that every time you woke up, you, like, sprung out of bed like a salmon leaping out of a river, that would be incredible. I think I've already trained my body to do that. It's called being very anxious. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely get that. It, the trouble is, it's hard to choose when it's going to happen, because if it happens at 3 a.m., that's not so great. You're standing mm-hmm. in your bedroom all well, of a sudden. Well, because your kids are sneaking around the house trying to get all those crackers oh, or whatever you do, and don't wake daddy. I don't know what the plot of that Probably is. Probably have to pick up, like, either. loud bells. Mm-hmm. Is, is that, you're trying to get loud stuff, right? You have to not wake your dad because he's going to beat you for eating loud you know snacks in the middle I of the night. I think you're trying to steal a bell off of a mannequin, like in the best scene in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> that, God, that sounds like something that happened in Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that movie is so good just for the part where they're trying to get their friend into the, the Foot Clan, and so he's bad at being a ninja, but all of the turtles do the ninja stuff for him in secret. What a fucking great joke. <laughs> Alright, we'll, we'll well, like, watch that movie a, again. In a disguise? 
No, no, no. So they're extremely good at being ninjas, so yeah, they I'm can aware. do stuff without being seen, you oh. see? So they're th- so he's doing all the tests, and they're like, okay, can you take this out of my hand without me closing my fist over it or whatever? And then he just is holding it, because one of the extremely good Ninja Turtles did it for him. That's fun. Yeah, what a great joke, right? I mean, I guess it makes sense, because otherwise, how do you hide the fact that you're a 500-pound, six-foot-tall turtle man? Exactly. Unless you're very good Uh. at ninjutsu. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to say, you made me realize for the first time that in Don't Wake Daddy, he is wearing the nightcap and the nightgown or whatever. Uh, I, in my mind, had always corrected that to be he's taking a nap, because that's what dads do on a weekend afternoon, and you shouldn't wake them. So is the premise of this game that it's the middle of the night when he's mm-hmm. sleeping and you're creeping around? What? Mm-hmm. Uh, in that game, you play sleep paralysis demons. <laughs> oh, you have to sit on his chest. <laughs> do wake, do wake daddy. <laughs> he can't wake up. He's trapped in a, yeah. in a twilight of nightmares. <laughs> Don't wake daddy until all the paralysis demons are in position to frighten him the most. <laughs> yep. Right. You know, we're joking, but if you sat with your human body on the toy Don't Wake Daddy, he probably couldn't pop up. Probably not, but we'll never know. Uh, yes, I don't you're think I could fit my butt to that bed. What? You're sneaking to the refrigerator in this oh. game. Oh. Which I guess oh, is allowed? Because there's an impending nuclear strike and you have to get into the refrigerator before it kills you. Uh-huh. <laughs> God. See, I don't like the implications of that because when there's a joke about a grown-up with their own full agency and house and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm sneaking to get a snack I shouldn't get, that has the connotations of just they're doing something that they know they shouldn't do. When a kid is trying to sneak food, that makes me very nervous that that kid's not getting enough food. Yeah, but kids want cake all the time. That's true. They they can't have cake all the time. That's true. The phrase on the Wikipedia article, sneaking to the refrigerator late at night, all (laughs) forms one hyperlink to the Wikipedia page for snack. Oh, man, I thought it was going to be sleep eating, like that thing people do when they're on Ambien. Yes! I love it. In the UK, this game is called Shh, Don't Wake Dad. Okay. That's not good. It's got a shush at the the beginning. That's fun, though. I guess. No one ever says the shush part, though, right? You would be like, hi, everyone, let's play Shh, Don't Wake Dad. That's insane. (laughs) Don't Wake Father. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Matt, what'd you do this week? Uh, I have been watching and want to recommend to Louisa specifically, but our audience in general, uh, the new HBO series Julia. Are you guys familiar with this? No. No. Uh, It is a new series about the uh, early career of Julia Child. Oh, okay. I have heard Um, of it, yes. It's... I I started watching it mainly because I don't really I don't particularly care for Julia Child's like cooking technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little fussy for me, um, and I've never particularly enjoyed watching her show. But I do like the concept of like popularizing good cooking in the late in the yes. early 60s when bad cooking was everywhere that was really fascinating because post-war there was that industrialized space age idea of like this it's already made it's in a can this is the best mm-hmm. possible food and then it was yes. getting back to like rustic cooking yeah and it the show does do a lot of sort of showing at the beginning showing like 
the abysmal state of the lives of people who were living that way of like oh yeah here's some here's some dry macaroni with canned chili on top yeah god um does it talk about her being a spy and everything i know a bit about her history sort of it starts uh with her and her husband like in um uh where is it sweden i think as diplomats oh okay um, and her husband is, is, like, forced to retire by a new president being elected, mm-hmm. um, and so they have to go back to America, and they're both kind of like, well, what are we gonna do now? And so Julia Child, who, when they were diplomats in France, went to the Cordon Bleu, uh, is, like, making these delicious dinners at home, um, and she writes a cookbook, and she- this is all true, this all really happened. Mm-hmm. She goes on a- local tv like public access tv show about books and authors uh and the guy who has her on is like i want to talk about your cookbook and she brings like a hot plate and makes an omelet instead that's pretty good (laughs) which is a great way to start uh and so then it was like the most popular episode of that show ever and that's how she got her own show uh but it does a lot of showing how many people well Part of it is about the fact that at that time, most women were housewives mm-hmm. and most housewives were feeling joint pressure of trying to be the kind of American that you're supposed to be buying things in cans and whatever, and also trying to be the person who uh, provides like good food for your family every day. Yeah. <clears throat> um, And like, it's... I didn't expect to enjoy the show as much as I do. It does a really great job, especially for an HBO series that usually is not very good at this, of having it be about something very significant and a bunch of people trying to make a real impact in the world without constantly being hyper-dramatic. Okay. Hmm. Um, Which I really enjoy. It's just sort of like people realizing that they need to do things in in a way that is not threatening to the people in power and stuff like that. There's a great episode where she gets drunk with James Beard and finds out he's gay. Oh, what a great show it is. <laughs> I really enjoy it. B.B. Newworth is her best friend. Ooh. And you gotta love B.B. Newworth. David Hyde Pierce is her husband. Gotta oh, love David nice. Hyde Pierce. I was gonna say, I know in the movie, Julie and Julia, it was uh, Stanley Tucci. So that feels like a good uh, substitute for a Stanley Tucci. Yeah, David yeah. Hyde Pierce is definitely TV's Stanley Tucci. <laughs> I mean, neither of them look anything like the actual <laughs> Paul Child, which is funny, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Also, apparently, originally, um, Julia Child was supposed to be played by Joan Cusack. Okay. And I like Joan Cusack, but I'm not sure I've ever seen her do the kind of subtlety that I think would be required to show Julia Child, this sort of very confident person who is still struggling with the fact that she's a six-foot-tall woman who's not traditionally beautiful, who's like childless in a time when that's a taboo and so she's like struggling with her femininity while also trying to and then suddenly becomes like the the icon of womanhood mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, who, who does play her it's not an actress i've ever seen before but they hired her partially because she is a very large woman okay um and she's fantastic. She does the voice in a way that I didn't expect someone could do because <laughs> Julia Child's voice is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
right. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. There's even some stuff. It, it feels a lot like um, when we were younger, Louise, I know we watched uh, That Thing You Do sometimes, and you said the thing you liked about it is there are lots of moments when things could have gone terribly wrong, but yeah. just don't. Yes. <laughs> um, and it feels like that here as well. There are moments when, like, she goes back to her college reunion and someone's like, oh, I found out I was a lesbian because of hanging out with you. <laughs> and Julia Child is like, ugh! <laughs> and you expect this to be this thing where she, like, either c- becomes, you know, anti-LGBTQ or, like, leans into conservative things or whatever, but she does it. She's just like, oh, that's nice. I feel, I don't know what gay means, really. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it's nice because even the people who are, like, the antagonists on the show aren't really bad. They're just sort of working off of a different set of assumptions. Mm-hmm. So you don't ever watch it and be like, oh my god, everyone's gonna die, like you do on every other HBO series. Alright, well I will definitely give it a try. Seems <laughs> like this is this lady's breakout role. Yeah, I was just so. looking her up. I've actually seen her in a few period dramas. I was just no gonna say, yeah. <laughs> She's all over, like, uh, BBC miniseries and soap operas so i figured you would know exactly who she was yeah when we first watched the trailers i thought for a second that it was jillian anderson because she has like a similar face shape Mm -hmm. but she's like six foot one she's so tall (laughs) yeah and jillian anderson is super short right someone told me that recently and that sounded weird to me but then i looked up pictures of her i'm like she is she's like five foot one five three yeah. Yeah. How is that like, possible? If, if you watch Sex Education, it's so funny because she plays the mom of the main teen, uh, and she is shorter than every teen on the show. <laughs> she seems so tall. Yeah, in How personality, she has, she's very tall. <laughs> yeah, she has big woman energy. <laughs> is that a thing? How sure. tall is how tall is Mads Mikkelsen? He's six feet. Oh, man, she held her own in Hannibal right against him, despite being nine inches shorter. She was yes. on Hannibal? In Hannibal? Yeah, she plays one of Hannibal's uh, many on-again, off-again lovers. Oh, weird. Okay. I thought she was going to play, like, uh, the Jodie Foster role from <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Oh, God. It's a weird, <clears throat> stupid thing where the next thing they would have adapted would be Silence of the Lambs, but they didn't have the rights to the char- like ah. to that novel specifically. So the character Clarice Starling, they couldn't use. Mm-hmm. So they were just kind of waiting until the rights free up to make a season four, maybe, at some point, possibly. That's weird. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, I recommend Julia. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all on HBO Max. It's I think there's six episodes out so far. I think there's two more in the season, and then they may do a season two, I hope. And it's real good. Uh, okay, Louisa, what did you do this week? I watched a show I really love. I know we're talking about TV, but that's fine. I watched Only Murders in the Building entirely this week. There are ten episodes. Mm-hmm. This is Steve Martin and... Martin Short and Selena Gomez are the detectives. Okay. And oh, they're detectives, okay. They're amateur detectives. They're not... Yeah, they've decided they're going to look into this... They're going to look into what the police have uh, called a suicide, because they don't Mm. believe it's a suicide. So, that's the story. I don't want to give too much away, because I really want everyone to see this, if possible. How how do these three unlikely Mm -hmm. allies Mm -hmm. know each other? 
So in the very first episode, right in the beginning, they they all live in a building in Manhattan called the Arconia, and it's one of those historic buildings. It's like a hundred years old, and it takes mm-hmm. up an entire city block. So you know, mm-hmm. if you live there, you must have like millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So they're in this beautiful building. They all there's a like a, a fire alarm, like uh, flashing light sirens. They all, everyone must leave the building. Uh-huh. And they, oh, and they find out that one of the corner apartments belonged to a demon worshiper <laughs> or gozer. That's right. All the ley and, lines and everything come together on yeah. this one building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man shows up. <laughs> so they all end up meeting in the uh, restaurant across the street where they just go to hang out until they can go back to their places because they all are excited about the new episode of a true crime podcast that just came out. Okay. <laughs> so they, once they realize they all are listening to the same podcast, they start talking about it. And then when they find out it wasn't a fire alarm, there was a suicide, the police are investigating, but they think it's a murder. Then they decide they're going to solve it. It's very realistic, okay. because the only way people make friends anymore these days is you run into <laughs> someone in public who's listening to the same podcast as you. <laughs> yes. Um, no joke. That has happened to me a couple of times where someone has said to me, like, Oh, I, you listen to my brother, my brother, and me? I do, too. There is no one on Earth I want to talk to less yeah. than a stranger who comes up to me and is like, hey, I listen to the same podcast as you. I will say, if they say that the podcast they listen to is... Any, the Net, starring any, internet starlings Matt Heron, <laughs> Jeff Kowalski, and Louisa Heron. Yeah, obviously. I will have a parasocial relationship with any fan of my podcasts <laughs> in that they will listen to me speak and laugh and develop fondness for me, and I will not know who they are. <laughs> uh, but, but you'll have a parasol on hand in case you need it. <laughs> in case I need to parachute away. <laughs> like uh, Mary Poppins. <laughs> yep. She, her parasol's a reverse parachute. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It is, actually, if you think about yeah. it. Oh, I was thinking about it. Um, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I never I stopped meant. thinking about that's it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say oh, slide up my chimney, Mary Poppins, but that's Santa Claus, not Mary Poppins. Mm, spoonful of sugar makes Mary Poppins go down. Oh, God. <laughs> well, Jeff died. <laughs> I deserved it. Oh, I'm doing what I loved, being horny for Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, I mean, Mary Poppins is an extremely horny character, though, right? Yes. Okay. We all agree? Uh, I don't think she's meant to be. I would say debatable in the original film, but in the official sequel, Mary Poppins Returns, she's the horniest character of all time because they cast Emily Blunt for some reason. I mean, Here's Julie thing, Andrews though. is way hornier to me than Emily Blunt, oh, sure. no offense. Uh, but the thing is, about Mary Poppins, I don't think she's written as horny, but she's definitely written as having big dominatrix energy, and I think yes, that makes it seem that's what people horny. are into. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're absolutely right. I mean- She's all, she's like, she's like, what is that called? Is it, oh, is it gentle femdom? Is that the thing where it's like, they're nice, but they still will boss you around? I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, but she's yes, like that a, type of thing. She's like a real mommy dom type of thing. I don't say Yeah, that. but like, she's not the kind that's going to be like, you're a worm and I hate you. She'll be the kind that's like, you're too stupid to take care of yourself, but I still love you and think you're special. <laughs> yeah, that's the mommy part. Okay, I don't know. Is that what it's called? Mommy Dom? That sounds like a, it has other layers that I don't- that I didn't intend. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. 
I'm um, not into anyway. any of this, so I don't know what any of it's called. Oh. Hmm. Weird that you had, you came out with that out of nowhere there, Jeff. No one was accusing you of being into this, but you still felt the need to protest. No, I, uh, I require that people be nice to me and don't do anything to hurt me or imply that I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah, that was in the contract you had me sign when we became friends. Yeah. <laughs> The sexual contract that I have all my friends mm. sign. It's true. We've never cashed in on it, but you know, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, you got all the rules laid out just in case. It's best. It's best to be prepared. You never know. Everyone I meet, I hand them a prenup. Yep. yep. <laughs> anyway, it only works in the building. <laughs> <Good job. Yeah. laughs> um, I do think it's very funny the idea that you're you'd be like, okay, these three unlikely friends. This one sort of goofy, very old man, this one young uh, pop star, and this other goofy, very old man. <laughs> like, yeah. those two are too similar to be an unlikely pairing. Well, what's great is you can tell they are friends, they've been friends for years, but their characters don't really like each other. They, mm. they play this... With a lot more humanity than I expected from two career comedians. They both allow their characters to have some of the humiliating effects of age. Mm. Like, um, Martin Short, his character is a Broadway director, but he hasn't had work in a very long time, and he has to ask his son for money. It's very humiliating. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Steve Martin plays a guy who used to be on TV as a police detective, so of course he thinks he knows some of the stuff, which he doesn't really... But he also, like, people don't really know who he is anymore. He's not really getting uh, jobs. So mm. so for both of them, it's like they're seeing their careers kind of disappear, but they want... They, they like the idea of show business enough that they really want to push this podcast. Mm-hmm. And then Selena Gomez, I was afraid she was going to be like, oh, they added this person to try to make the show more interesting to everybody. But she really works... And you get why she's friends with them, and the way that her life is messed up, which I won't say because that's a twist, it makes sense to me. Is this the first time Martin Short isn't insufferable? Yes. Ooh, I was gonna ask that. Yeah, I watched the first episode and uh, was surprised that, one, Selena Gomez was my favorite performer on the show. Yeah, I didn't she- expect to like her. Like, I've never seen her in anything. I've heard her music. I was like, all right, she's one of those, like, Nickelodeon pop stars who does acting. I don't know what to expect. Pretty good. Uh, And Steve Martin was the annoying one. Usually, if you get Steve Martin and Martin Short in something, Martin Short is the more annoying one by far. (laughs) Yes, agreed. Although I don't find Steve Martin particularly annoying, so there's that. I really like Steve Martin, I think, especially his older movies. Like, I, I, the other day I was like, oh yeah, you know, Steve Martin is really great in, what was I watching? The Jerk. The jerk. <laughs> it wasn't The Jerk, although... My yes. Blue Heaven. No, I, it was um, Pennies from Heaven. Mm, okay, yes. Which is not even a comedy, yeah, it's like no. horrifically awful. That was the movie um, I know they told him not to make, because it would ruin his career, because he was a comedian, yeah. and it's not a comedy. <laughs> no, not at all, it's so awful, it's so horrible, but in a good way. Like, it's a good movie. And I was like, yeah, Steve Martin's actually really good in that. And then I was like, actually, he's good at, like, I was trying to think of a movie he was bad in, and obviously the stuff he made... Cheaper by the dozen, yeah. etc. Pink Panther, Pink Panther. Well, I've not seen Pink Panther. Is it? Oh, bad? he's bad in it. <laughs> oh no, that's a shame. I mean, it's maybe not his fault because it is just a bad movie. Mm. But <laughs> Father well, of the Bride was pretty boring. 
The first one's not bad. Yeah, yeah. The first moments. one's pretty funny. When he gets yeah. angry at the grocery store because yes. the hot dogs and the buns don't come in the same number of things in a package. It's very yeah, nice. that's funny. <laughs> the The thing is that the movies that understand that he, if you're, he's going to be funny, he needs to be allowed to do his own thing. I think are the ones where that are successful. Mm-hmm. It's when they try to box him into. A, a character that's not even his, like Pink Panther, I guess, that it would that it doesn't work. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but what I love about this show is, like I say, they the these two characters don't really like each other, the Steve Martin and the Martin Short characters. <clears throat> they don't really get along. Um, but you can tell underneath that they are lifelong friends, which I really like. Yeah. It's nice to see. <laughs> it's kind of like you can tell, like, Three Amigos, the problem there is Chevy Chase, and you can tell yes. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. I oh, that's the- another great movie that Steve Martin is great in. <laughs> that's always the case when Chevy Chase is in yeah. something that he's the problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes uh, I forget that he's in most of Community, because the show yeah. didn't get worse when he got fired. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. When we got Keith, what's his name? Oh, I love that guy. Keith, Keith David? David? Yeah, That guy rules. Yeah. Yeah, he is great. And for a while it was, um... Oh, I'm not John Oliver? His name. No, well, I mean, John Oliver was, was in it since the beginning. But, yeah, he got, like, a main role in season five... No. Six? No, he joins uh, the crew in, the in la- season five or six. In the yeah. last season, he joins the board of uh, people trying to save Greendale Community College along with, um, what's her name? Oh my god. <laughs> Are you From okay? Criminal Minds. Uh, what's her name? Yeah, I'm, I'm further away now that you've mentioned <laughs> Criminal Minds. <laughs> I'm less help. She does, oh my god, my wife is gonna kill me, she loves this actress. Oh no, um, you're getting Gone Girl. I've never <laughs> seen Gone Girl. She she's uh she does Paul with Paul F. Tompkins, she does Beyond Belief, that podcast. Oh Paget Paget Brewster. Brewster. Paget Brewster, that's her name. <laughs> yes, her. Okay. Oh, uh, what was the Yeah. She joins the board at the same time John Oliver does, so she's the Chevy Chase replacement in that season. Okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to tell people too much about Only Murders in the Building, because I think everyone should watch it. Jeff, I think you should pick it back up. Matt, I think you definitely would like it. Yeah. And the fa- the end of the first episode has such an amazing twist. I was hooked mm-hmm. immediately. Um, what's exciting is this show just came out back in October, I believe. Ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Full season. Uh, everything is properly tied up like you want in the mystery for that season but it ends on a cliffhanger and i just found out they have already made the new season and they're finishing it up and it's gonna start airing in june oh that's great even a whole year yeah i'm very excited Uh, i just started i just watched season one of severance which also ends on a cliffhanger and has a mystery (laughs) they've not begun producing season two it's probably not coming out until next year or the year after Uh, oh man i just i just read an article that said that they probably aren't gonna pick up our flag means death for season two and i'm so angry about it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's crazy, considering I the know. reaction to it. And the fact that you can tell they had, like, two sets for that show, yeah. and everything else was CGI. It you can't don't, be expensive. How much, yeah, how much money does it really Probably cost? Probably Taika Waititi was the most expensive thing to have on set. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, uh, if Lucasfilm has started licensing out that, like, Mandalorian technology, where you put all the backgrounds on a big TV screen and just film in front of that. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know about Sounds that. bad, though. Well, I mean, that's how they've been able to do, like, Star Wars TV shows that look pretty much like the movies. Because mm-hmm. uh, they don't I mean, have that's... to do it in post, and the actors have, like, stuff to react to. That's what they did in the latest Spider-Man movie, and then everyone started posting pictures online like, wow, this is worse than green screen. <laughs> I do not think any of those actors in that new Spider-Man movie met each other even once. <laughs> I know! It's wild. The scene that everyone talks about is the one where um, that guy from Grand Budapest Hotel who plays Flash Thompson, you know, I'm talking about... Joe... Oh, the the new, the current Flash Thompson. Yes. I was thinking Joe Manganiello from the <laughs> Sam Raimi ones. I'm like, he's Why? not in that movie. He's not in either. Right. But he's... Going viral right now because okay. that True Blood werewolf. Yeah. Yes. No. The guy who played uh, the young Zero Mustal in oh, right. Grand Budapest Hotel and then became Flash Thompson in the Spider-Man movies. That's a weird thing to me. Still, I haven't seen yeah. the Spider-Man movies, but that seems weird. Yes, he does a great job though. And there's a scene where he is calling. Well, Peter Parker is calling him, and he's at like a MIT new admissions mixer, mm-hmm. and it looks like they held up a postcard of a party behind him. <laughs> yeah, it's it absolutely the so like bad. the consequence of COVID filming, and it looks oh, yeah. so much stuff in that movie looks really bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny to see stills of him just, like, standing in front of an obviously two-dimensional room. Uh, it's it's getting better, though, uh, as far as, you like... You have to admit it. Yeah, you have to. Uh, no, it's like Jeff, the... could you put that song at the end of the episode? Thanks, Jeff. What song? <laughs> no, you can't <laughs> let it hang, though. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if because Taika Waititi has been doing, like, Marvel stuff and is in good with Disney if, like, his production company is allowed to use some of that tech that makes it a little cheaper and easier to film a show like that. Uh, hmm. And if so, why would they not let him make more of it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The article that I read just said, like, HBO typically announces the next season before the yeah. previous season ends, and yeah. the fact that they haven't is bad news. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah. It's especially weird to see this uh, people talk about our flag means death online because I forgot about fandoms. <laughs> like I don't yeah. I don't know anyone who's like, "Oh my god, this song would be the perfect song to play while Ed and uh, Steed were on a date." I'm like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> Are you yeah. 12 years old?" Yeah, I also <laughs> like here's here's something that kind of happened very slowly and stealthily uh in fandoms is like Sherlock got bad and Supernatural ended, and now the thing that most of those people have migrated to is, like, Thor and Captain America. That's weird. And now Taika Waititi stuff, (coughs) because he made the good Thor movie, (laughs) Uh and the gay vampire show. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's been very interesting. I think that, you know, Disney did it a little on purpose, like, they decided, like, Okay, Thor and Captain America are good. That's going to be the ones for girls. Because, <laughs> um, you know, that's they got the hunks in it. Uh, everyone already wants uh, Bucky and Steve to kiss. We're going to just yeah. decide those are for... That's the one but for girls. But they never did, goddammit! Yeah. That's because, ultimately, uh, movies are made by cowards. 
Yeah. Well, but that's why uh, minor spoilers for our flag means death coming up. Although, if you paid attention to the Phantom, this is not going to surprise you yeah. at all. Um, the moment where they kissed, I was like fucking stunned that they actually did it. Yeah, I like stood up out of my chair. I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, me too. I feel bad because, of course, people are desperate for a gay representation, and they deserve that. But the fact that I know that those two actors are not gay and that they have been friends for like 20 years and they said it was kind of awkward when they had to actually kiss, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> about it. Which isn't fair <laughs> to the people who want that for the characters. But for me, thinking behind the scenes, I'm like, oh man, this sucks. I don't know. I think, did, did you read that they said it was awkward? Because the yeah. only things I read was that people were like, it's strange because we're friends, but like we're both actors and we kiss people we don't love all the time. No, I did read that, but they said that it was kind of strange trying to come up with how they were going to do it because they'd been friends for so long. And that kind of yeah. weirded me out, I guess. They are also, I think, like such good friends that there's something sweet about it to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like, can see that. Taika Waititi uh, is doing a Reese Darby impersonation in his role as Korg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, openly admits that. Like, they're that type of friendship. So I think that that's a little sweet that then these their characters they play get to be in love. That's good. And I guess actors, if you are if you really love acting, if you're that kind of person, you're like, yeah, look at this challenge. I am going to kiss my friend. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. also, Every actor only gets into it because they want to kiss their friend. I that feel like true. when people talk that about- That is 100% true. <laughs> it's a fact. I feel like when people talk about acting, you do kind of get that feeling. They're like, what boundaries can I push? I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be weird if we kissed? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do it, though. <laughs> finding it hard to believe that neither of these actors is gay or bisexual. I mean, maybe they're bisexual, but they just said that they weren't gay. In the they're, not, they're not openly, if so. Aren't they both married to women, also? They know. can be. <laughs> Anybody can be, Jeff. I mean, they can be and still be bisexual. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's complicated, though, right? Because, like, when you say bisexual, it implies that that means that you are open to relationships with people of either gender. But once you're in a monogamous relationship with somebody of one gender, you're really only open to relationships with a person of that gender and only that one person, right? Well, yeah. divorces happen. <laughs> I mean, yes, eventually, but I'm just saying, like, while you're married, happily married, you probably... You're then you lose your sexuality entirely. Yeah, you am I right, You don't become please? straight. You become wife. You become wife sexual. <laughs> you become an angry comic strip uh, character who's always mowing the lawn. Yeah, you. Yeah, I do like to go down to the bar wearing my uh, button-down cap and then get a rolling pin thrown at me. Yeah, eat some hot fries. Yeah, you become lockhorned into your sexuality. That's true. Ack. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, anyway. Jeff, what did you do this week? (laughs) Uh, So, I had a couple things. First, we were talking a little bit about sleep before the show, and I did something Mm. revolutionary. Um, Mm. I have... You figured out how to conquer sleep. Yep, I've conquered... No more sleeping for Jeff. Don't have to sleep anymore. You're doing a real Da Vinci. No, I... So, I bought a, like, Japanese-style futon, like, thin floor mattress when I first moved into this apartment, because Mm -hmm. my plan was to have a sofa that had, like, a bed Mm fold-out, because it's not a big apartment, and I like that setup. But Mm -hmm. my parents got here with the sofa bed that they were getting rid of, 
and it could not fit into the apartment. Like, we couldn't get it through the door because of the angles. Oh, no. Uh, so I ended up having to just pick up, like, a little, like, fold-out futon, and I keep my mattress on that as, like, a platform bed. Um, but oh, I, so you're not you're not just sleeping on a, like a thin futon mattress on the floor? Uh, no, but I do still have that, and honestly, it's kind of comfortable to sleep on the floor sometimes. I bet I was going to say in the summer. I bet that's real nice and cold. Yeah, it's uh, it's like nice and stiff and wonderful. But I I unlocked that's what it. She said, "Ah, yeah. uh, I." <laughs> I folded up the futon, like, into quarters and shoved it under one end of the mattress. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? because I have, like, a memory foam mattress, it kind of folded up a little bit like a hospital bed. Oh, I see. Okay. And laying on that on my side in a, like, uh, what you call it, fetal position, <laughs> felt so nice. It was such a lovely way to sleep. Okay. Um... I don't know. It just felt great. <laughs> so that's what you're into now. Oh, uh, man, so this I, is like this is like something out of like a <laughs> one of those unbearable lightness of being kind of novels. <laughs> the the reason I was trying to f- like rearrange stuff is because I visited my parents yesterday and we're trying to get rid of all of my grandmother's old stuff. And so I got this like rocking chair that's like a hundred years old, and I sat in it. And it was like. This is a pretty good rocking chair. I'm going to take this. I don't have space for it. Uh, unless I, you know, shuffle stuff around. Um, Did you try strapping it to the roof of your car, like in the Beverly Hillbillies? Mm, no, it fit inside the car, just in my home, where I well, have less space than in the car. It's inside the car, Jeff. Well, yeah, what if you're Mr. Bean? Right, of course right. you could. You could steal oh, the car. Oh, yeah, this is a great yeah. idea. Flip everybody off. That's all <laughs> I ever remember about Mr. Bean, is he flips everybody off in the American one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, uh, I really liked sleeping like that, and I went to go see a movie on Friday called The Northman. Mm-hmm. This is starring Alexander Skarsgård. Yes, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, and being- Taylor-Joy, is that right? Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. Uh, being a Swedish actor, he has for the past 11 years been trying to get a Viking movie made mm-hmm. starring him. I remember uh, when there was a buzz that he might be Thor, but that was very early on. Mm. Why is there so much Viking Songs stuff about happening rainbows. right now? Oh. Yeah, that too. But Viking stuff is everywhere all of a sudden. What what happened? Mm. And these are all stealth re-releases of Skyrim on new platforms. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the uh, DLC mm. of Skyrim. Yeah, the new Skyrim <laughs> DLC that- cinema. What is the- is it the Last Kingdom or something? The- The Last the, Duel? No, that's not Vikings. No, it's not. I, uh, I do know. know what you mean, but I think it's just that thing where, like, at certain times something becomes interesting again, you know? It's just a trend. I just feel like people have been trying to get Viking stuff to be cool for a while now, and now it seems like it is happening. Uh-huh. It it goes back it's and forth. Anything to do with, it's not anything to do with white supremacy, is it, you guys? I, was I just hope not. I was just uh. going to say, the reason it goes back and forth is definitely because, like, when Viking stuff gets big in pop culture, Nazis start to be excited. Yeah. yeah. But then you get something like Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, which is very Viking-themed and not at all friendly to Nazis. Yes, Because it's true. mostly about a woman having depression. Uh, <laughs> incredible game. Um... Anyway, this movie is, God, it's really a boy movie for 
for the guys and the lads. Uh, <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> I have heard, though, about this movie that it does a good job at not being, at not promoting the kind of toxic masculinity that white supremacists would like Vikings to promote. Yes, I agree. I don't think that it is a guy, uh, a, fe- a movie for the fellas in the way, like, 300 is. Okay, yeah. It's a movie for the fellas in the way that, like, any movie about being sad about your dad not loving you is for the fellas. Okay. Like <laughs> um, Field of Dreams. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's like if Field of Dreams was about murdering people with swords. It's like, it sounds like what Field of Dreams was to baseball, this movie is to Spartan races. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but it, It's for dads. It's for bored dads. <laughs> it rules. The action completely whips uh and is like brutal and realistic everything was shot in uh mostly natural light so like when it's dark it's so dark that the image is almost black and white uh it's beautiful to look at the performances are great alexander skarsgård is like eight feet tall and 1200 pounds (laughs) like he's an enormous guy and they try to he has to like be in disguise as like a loser he's just like (laughs) He's just, like, rippling out of this shirt. It looks like when the Hulk is walking around in glasses and a sweater in Endgame. I think it's very funny that Stellan Skarsgård has four or five sons, and he, at six foot two, is the shortest of all of them. <laughs> yeah, he's it's- like a short, dumpy old guy, and all of his sons are, like, half-god Adonises. <laughs> is uh, Alexander Skarsgård the one from True Blood? Are we doing another True Blood here? Yeah. Um, it's also got, uh, half-Thor Julius Bjornsson, who played the mountain on, uh, Game of Thrones and is measured- Yes? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt that thoroughly. Oh, no, I was gonna say, he's the, uh, measurably the world's strongest man, perhaps ever, some scientists speculate. So he has, like, a little tiny role in this movie. (laughs) Uh, point of order, I know Alexander Skarsgård showed full frontal nudity in True Blood because he wanted to. He said that. Did he manage to get himself naked in this movie? Yeah, how much dong is there? <laughs> I don't think we see any dongs in this movie, but Weird. there's a lot of guy butt and a lot of naked sword fighting. <laughs> oh, fuck. I heard there's a volcano sword fight. <laughs> yeah, there is There is a goddamn volcano sword fight. <laughs> now, import- this is an important question. Is the volcano the setting, or is the volcano the antagonist oh, in this I, sword I fight? won't spoil it, no. It's the- <laughs> oh, goddamn! <laughs> they tell you, like, 15 minutes into the movie, like, like, hey, at the end of this movie, there's going to be a sword fight in a volcano, just FYI. And then they keep reminding you throughout, like, nope, my fate says I have to have a sword fight in a volcano. <laughs> and then it happens, and you're like, yes, this rules. This is everything that was promised to me and more. Mm-hmm. It's great. like that thing about TED Talks, where you gotta tell him what you're gonna tell him, and then tell him it, and then tell him that you told it. Yep, exactly. Except uh, with volcanoes. It is an adaptation of the Legend of Amleth, uh, which was also adapted into the uh, maybe famous little play you might have heard of called Hamlet. Mm. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, a revenge story where uh, Vikings uh, goes on a lifelong journey to get really good at uh, hitting dudes with axes in the face so he can get uh, vengeance for his father. Oh, the Princess Bride. Yep. Okay, now I get it. Yeah. Lion King. It's a lot like the Lion King or the Princess Bride. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's very funny because it takes place 
in like 600 AD or oh, 895 AD. I just mm-hmm. have a, uh, and all of the people that the Vikings like conquer and enslave are basically, well, they're Christians, but at a time when Christians were basically like weird cultists. Yeah. Uh, and one, <laughs> they're like mysterious things start happening in the village, and one of the Vikings is like, "It's got to be the Christians. Their god is a corpse nailed to a tree. Like this reeks of them." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes, that is a really like I love that black metal like awesome <laughs> take on Christianity that like other people would be scared of them because their god isn't a guy who rides a many-legged goat or whatever. It's a dead guy and he's dead and they nailed him to a tree and that's who we worship. Yeah. I was talking yesterday about how it's a real crime that there's not more werewolves involved in St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Because St. Patrick's, one of St. Patrick's canonical miracles is he found a group of uh, pagans that worshipped a wolf, and so he turned them all into werewolves. And then they became, like, pro-Christian werewolves that, like, went around with him. That fucking kicks ass! (laughs) Did did they help him chase the snakes out of Ireland? (laughs) I, I guess so. I mean, this happened in Ireland, and if you were a snake and you're like, oh, this this dipshit is coming around trying to chase me up. Oh shit, he's got a whole pack of werewolves <laughs> at his back. You get the fuck out of Ireland. Yeah, I've never seen a wolf man before. I'm gonna go uh, bite people in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Scotland is crawling with snakes, as we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, yeah, I recommend seeing The Northman from director Robert Eggers, who uh, also made The Witch, which I thought was okay, and The Lighthouse, which I liked a lot, but fell asleep for about ten minutes towards the end of it. I really liked The Witch. I haven't seen The Lighthouse yet. I'm not sure if... I, I want to could... see The Lighthouse, but it's fucking... It's been out for, what, three years at this point? It is never on streaming except Amazon, and you have to buy it. I just want to see it somewhere. Show me I thought the it movie. was on HBO Max. Is that not true? Not when I have checked, anyway. Oh. Uh, the Lighthouse is very funny and also harrowing. The Witch bothered me because it. the most compelling thing about it to me was it feels like a mystery as to whether magic is real or not, but literally the first shot of the movie is a witch in the woods doing magic, so you know the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the last five minutes of The Witch is is terrible and undoes the whole rest of the movie, but the best part of the movie is the fact that the all of the horror doesn't come from the magic or even Satan, who is a character in the movie, <laughs> but rather being like, well, fuck, like, if we ran as fast as we could in any direction, we wouldn't find another human for several days. Yeah. <laughs> that is the scariest part of that movie. What's the name of that fucking goat I've been thinking this whole time? Black Jonathan? Black Peter. It's not Black Peter. Black Philip. It's Black Oh, Phillip. yeah, there we go. Okay, I was right. thinking Black Peter, too, because that but is that's the, the racist yeah. Santa Claus that's friend. Santa's, yeah, exactly. Santa's person that he enslaved. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Countries are weird. Well, uh, I want to say... Uh, the the uh, zeitgeist around uh, the witch was very good. I enjoyed that very much, even though I don't watch horror movies because people love Black Philip and they would talk about him all the time. And I love that. Mm, there were so many memes. Mm-hmm. So many memes about that guy. It was great. Yep. Yeah. I just love the fact that again, it does such a good job of setting the scene for the time period where he's like, "Do you want to live deliciously? Would you like to eat?" 
butter. <laughs> and it's like, and everyone is like, oh my god, what? Like, I would love to, I've never even thought about eating butter. Me eating butter? Impossible. Can you imagine me and butter? Yeah. No. <laughs> would you like to eat the sweetest thing in the whole world? A raspberry? <laughs> like, oh my god, really? <laughs> Uh, uh, Louisa, if you want to watch The Lighthouse, it is on Showtime, Fubo TV, or Canopy. Fubo. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's, it's an anagram for virus. <laughs> for us by others? <laughs> oh, God. That's very good. Uh. <sighs> uh, well, I don't know if I have access to any of those, so probably not. Thank you, though. Uh-huh. Showtime is so ridiculous because it's an add-on service everywhere, so you still have to pay extra to get it on Amazon or whatever as a subscription, but not just the Amazon subscription. You have to buy another subscription. It sucks. Uh, I would recommend looking around on Reddit uh, for... Yeah, listen, I would on. recommend that. Uh, I, I looked around on Reddit for invites to Plex servers, and that's how I got an invite to the Plex server. Yeah, I was going to say, Louisa, if you want me to, I'll just steal it for you and put it on my Plex server. I mean, thank you. Parody, it might come to that. The thing is, parody fair use like, in Minecraft. <laughs> right, right, right. But... Of course, in Minecraft. Oh, in I, Minecraft I would, server. I would openly do this crime for you. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I'm not sure that I would like it. So just yeah. whenever I think about it, like every six months, I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's streaming somewhere, and it hasn't been, which is very mm-hmm. infuriating. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What so we, what do we do, do on the show? Yeah. Well, Jeff's already uh, asking. We go to the the WikiHow suggested articles page and put a random word in to get a list of articles people have requested on WikiHow related to that word. And the word we got this week is revive. Ooh. Talk about your god being a corpse nailed to a tree. Nice. Can you send he me is- the link again, please? Because it, I lost it when oh, I yes. fell in the toilet. That's what you <laughs> say about me, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes my internet disconnects at the beginning of the show, and I have no idea why. Well, I say sometimes. This only happened twice, luckily. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay. So, first thing I want to say, in case anyone is like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be a bummer, we're not going to do that. I think there's only one bummer one on here, and we will not do that one. I'll tell you that for free. How to revive floppy chives? We're not even going to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. You just have to throw those away. (laughs) There's nothing you can do. Floppy. If you're describing a food as floppy, don't eat it. <laughs> that depends on the food. What is a food that where you heard, well, we got the floppiest blank, and you'd be like, mmm. Mmm, uh, roast beef. We've got the floppiest roast beef in town, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I go to Arby's all the time. <laughs> oh, and they've God. got the floppiest roast beef ar- around, man. That's true, and it's also barely food. <laughs> <laughs> what about floppy gummy candies? That's what I'm looking for in a gummy. I don't want a hard, chewy gummy. Like a gummy worm? I mean, most yeah. gummies aren't l- big enough to be floppy. That's true. I guess those gummy Speak sharks. For yourself. <laughs> uh, I I want a gummy to be described as gummy, not floppy. Right. I like a gummy to have a like a slightly crisp outer crust and then a very chewy inside, mm, like a skittle. No, like a <laughs> like a Swedish fish. Oh, I yeah, see. Don't like that. What are you, you talking want it about? <laughs> to be like a little, like just maybe like an hour stale. 
Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, even fresh Swedish fish have, like, a little bit of, like, a crunchy outside. Yeah, they pre-stale them. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe they all made all the Swedish fish in the world once in, like, 1960, <laughs> and they've just been doling They get them out of that Viking volcano. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody mm-hmm. knows where they come from. <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård is just sitting there making them by sword and puts a finger up to his lips if you approach. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, he says. <clears throat> Uh, I prefer a gummy to be coated in sour powder, I would like to say. Mm. I mean, those are great. I mean, I I do think that Sour Patch Kids or their fruit offspring Mm -hmm. are all... um, Kids having kids. Like, yeah, that's true, babies having babies. They are basically Swedish fish with sour powder on the outside, right? They are quite chewy. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, one so. thing I've been wanting to try for a while is, I think it's called Salmiac. Um, it is <laughs> a bad candy. Isn't that the alien from the Flintstones? <laughs> <laughs> That's the Great Gazoo. Uh, Salmiac is a salted licorice from oh, no! Northern Europe oh, yes. that I've no. heard is really, really bad, but in a way that sounds fascinating. Ugh, gross. <sighs> I mean, licorice is so bad that salt can only improve it, though, am I right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't hate licorice, but the idea that you would make it very salty feels... I can't even imagine what that would taste like. Here's the thing. I do really love Thai food, and Thai basil is very licorice-y. And, like, when I get drunken noodles, it's basically just the licorice basil mixed with, like, fish sauce. So that's just salted licorice, really, if you think about it. Oh, maybe it would just taste like drunken noodles. <clears throat> oh, uh, drunken noodles are so good, though. The place I order Thai from includes little sprigs of peppercorns. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out what they were at first, and then I ate one of them and was like, ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I figured it out, you God, said. Goddamn, fresh peppercorns taste good, though. Yeah, they are good. Mm, yeah, they I are. like it when you get green peppercorns and then you pickle them. Oh, so good. Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, how do we revive a brand? I think uh, you've got to start by really salting the earth on your old brand. Yes, uh, I was going to say, licorice. start an incredibly mean Twitter account where if anyone's like, boy, I love this soda, you're like, fuck you for liking mm-hmm. the soda. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's pick a brand. I think it'll be easier to discuss. So let's say Jones Soda. Okay. Boy, we'll I sure love well, Let's pick a dead flavor. brand. Yeah. Jones Soda. That's Jones they're soda. around. Are they? <laughs> yeah. Let's pick Tab. When's the last time you saw a Jones Soda? Every time I go to the dollar store. <laughs> oh, I forgot you live in New York City. Yeah. Uh, let's go with Tab. They just got rid of Tab, right? Did they? I don't know. All right. Oh boy, I love the refreshing flavor of Tab. Someone would say at random, and then you, the account, would at them saying, fuck you. Yeah, yeah shut exactly. up, idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Tab sucks, for, and I'm glad it's dead. You do this for six months. Get, like, really heinous. Like, if somebody's like, oh, man, I love Tab, you respond with, like, I hope your mother dies of cancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, really fuck it up real bad. And then like publicly trade the brand to someone else and then that have that person be like i fixed what's wrong with tab yeah now tab is the new friendly tab <laughs> tab now with 100 percent less child abuse mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> and like and there was none before but if you say that people will feel reassured that they're doing something good by drinking tab mm-hmm. and then you just put a little bit of cocaine in there Mm. Yeah. And 
then when you get caught, which you will, you fire that CEO and rehire the old CEO, and then he's like, yeah, I'm shitty, but at least I didn't drug you with cocaine, you fucking idiots. Yeah, everyone knows that uh, a cop can taste a small amount of cocaine on the inside of his lip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's really weird how they made it so you couldn't have cocaine in beverages, so they were like, well, caffeine's pretty much the same thing, and then nobody did anything about that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange to me. This is leading me to remember that uh, uh, adult recreational use marijuana started being on sale in New Jersey this past week. Sort of. And I'm like, what? Sort of. It's like okay. it's like 12 stores across the whole state and you have to call ahead because the they don't want lines. Yeah, I'm very interested like I don't particularly care to I don't really care about marijuana one way or the other, but I like I want to know what's going on at those dispensaries. I want to know what the scene is like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to keep up with the uh keep up with the the weed kids and what they're meeting about. I just want to know. I mean, I feel like it's like a historical moment, you know? Mm. Like, if you could have been there when Carrie Nation was busting up all those kegs of liquor with her axe, wouldn't you want to just see? Wouldn't you just want to know? No, I'd be too too horny. (laughs) For Carrie Nation or the axe? (laughs) Uh, I have to pick? Uh, yes. Damn. It's a package deal for me, really. Didn't she, like, open a bar in her later life and hang the axe over the fireplace or something? Or It was probably just, like, a bed and breakfast, but yeah, still. It was a, wa- a milk bar. Uh, <laughs> It'd be pretty wild if she opened a bar, huh, guys? <laughs> yeah, that would be really weird. My bad. Um, <laughs> one thing that's been happening recently with, uh, with weed sales is, similar to New Jersey, New York decriminalized fully, but then dragged their feet on, like, regulating it. So yeah. now stores just sell weed. You could just go to stores that used to just like wink wink sell uh like bongs and stuff and just mm-hmm. buy weed at them. Now what's the difference between weed and bongs? <laughs> yeah, Jeff, you're the expert. <laughs> uh, well, the bong is just the device and it's only for smoking tobacco. Oh, that's what. How do you smoke tobacco in a bong? Uh, same way you smoke weed in a bong. (laughs) Uh, I don't know anything about this. I'm a good boy. I see. Uh, Speaking of how to revive grass, (laughs) make it legal. (laughs) Yeah. Also, probably water it. That's true. Yeah, plow plow it under. Grass sucks. There's, oh, I was going to say three, there's four right here that are all the same exact thing. Revive a dead lawn, revive dead grass, revive a lawn, revive grass. It needs some water. Literally, that's it. Here's the other thing. I noticed this this uh, past fall is that um, all of my neighbors do a thing where they pay somebody to come and absolutely, like, d- like remove all the way down to the bedrock, any fallen leaf that falls in their yard. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a team of people who come and as soon as a leaf falls, obliterate it into nothingness. Mm-hmm. And then, in the springtime, they pay people to come out and fertilize their lawns with what is essentially ground-up dead leaves. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Uh, so instead, I just do a pretty shitty job of raking my leaves in the fall, and then my lawn looks great in the spring. That's the way to do it. See, in past times, you would be lazy, but now you can say you're eco-gardening. Exactly. Mm. It's a great plan. Uh, I was walking the dog yesterday, uh, out with Mm -hmm. my- This is a yo-yo thing? Yeah, uh, I shot the moon, walked the dog, uh, and then Mm -hmm. I visited my parents and, uh, took their dog for a walk. Oh, that's oh, a okay. very complicated move. I don't think I've ever seen that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it involves <laughs> driving for 40 minutes. It's the visiting your parents part that's hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but my mom saw these, like, kind of pretty uh, vines with little purple flowers on them on the ground, and I looked them up, and they're just some kind of weed, and she was like, I would love to have that in the yard. And I'm like, yeah, just do it. Like, then yeah. you don't then you don't have to mow the lawn, the worst chore ever, because it doesn't do anything. You're not using the lawn. Yeah. Yeah, there's some places around here, um, some of the houses with extra shade, like they have a bunch of trees in their yard, they'll just have ivy in the front yard, and the, like it seems like they have grass in the backyard, can't really see. But that seems very smart, because you have to do some intensive weeding to make sure the ivy doesn't go anywhere, but then apart from that, you never have to mow the lawn. Yeah. Just get goats. Yeah, get mm, get go. goats. Pick a weed that you like. Exactly. Um. Anyway, what else are we going to revive? Gel pens. I don't know if Just you get can. New gel pens. They're not <laughs> yeah. expensive. No. I mean, keep store them point down. Yes, that's a good uh, piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The thing about ink pens is, if they dry out, you can kind of uh, store the point touching like some wet paper towel for a little while. That might help. But if it's gel, I don't think you can do anything like that. Yeah, I don't really know how gel pens work, or what's in them, or what why they're called gel pens. <laughs> well, the ink comes out. It does come out like a gel, and it's usually like bright and colorful. Mm. Which I, I love gel pens, but. Oh, yeah. No, I exclusively use gel pens because mm. uh, when you become a teacher, you learn about which of the pens uh, are the good ones that write reliably, and yeah. consistently it's gel pens in any color. Um, I love the sparkly ones with yeah. glitter in them. Very good. This one's... I really, Go ahead. I really want to talk about this one, and maybe it's the same one Jeff was about probably to say, is. which is... How to remi- revive your mind with Egypt holidays. Holy crap, I didn't even see that one. I think that's what Moon Knight is about. Yeah, I was going to say, Jeff, is this our gateway to talking about Moon Knight? Uh, you need to sleep under one of those crystal pyramids that they'll sell mm-hmm. you in the Sharper Image. Just- you, need to do, you need to do a surprisingly good British accent if you're Oscar Isaac, and then become a super secret spy double agent. Nobody does. So that's about. Yeah. It was very, very funny, and when the trailer came out, and everyone was like, "His accent's so bad." I'm like, "Guys, you know about Moon Knight, right? He's like <laughs> a crazy guy with a bunch of personalities. Like, that's not going to be the regular voice that the main character uses. It's going to be one of the other guys." Yeah. I like that character better than the main character, though. <laughs> yeah, I think that part of like my. Uh, my vibe I'm getting from it is that, like, something magic and mental health happened that uh, kind of had him shunt off all of his, like, all the characteristics of him that his wife would like into a different personality. Yes, <laughs> I think that makes sense. Uh, for Louisa and anyone else who isn't familiar with the character of Moon Knight, uh, he is a person who was chosen by the Egyptian god... Kanshu. Kanshu, thank you, I can never remember his name. God of the Uh, Moon. 
the god of the moon mm. uh, to be his avatar on Earth. Oh, okay. uh, and the reason Kanchu chose him is because he chooses people who are like slightly insane. Oh. Um, for reasons that are moon related, I guess, like lunatic, hmm, etc. Okay. Um, and also the fact, like, I think that the idea is that just like the moon changes phases, Moon Knight kind of has a bunch of different people he is at different times. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I hesitate to use terms, uh, like clinical terms to describe fictional characters. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Marvel Studios has, uh, described this version of Moon Knight as having disassociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, the character in the comics is depicted as having the sort of like the, the movie split version of that, where it's yeah. just like a bunch of completely different guys that live in the same body for magic reasons. Yeah. But there's a very good scene in the first episode where he is in a complicated kung fu fight while driving an ice cream truck and uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go is playing, but the song keeps skipping out when his other personality takes over. So you're just seeing him driving and then suddenly the song skips forward and all the people he was fighting are unconscious. It's very fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah, they play around with uh, the fact that it is a Disney Plus show and has a lower budget for fight scenes uh, in a way that is actually interesting and cool. So would you say it's Egypt holidays that uh, help revive his mind? He goes on at least one Egypt holiday. (laughs) Yeah, and he definitely has his mind revived multiple times, including when his body was also revived from being dead. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty good. Uh, How to revive a career like Courtney Love. Ooh, okay, here we go. What does that First of mean? All, yeah, I would like to say, has she revived her career? I never really hated her or anything, but she kind of went away, and has no, she no, come no. back? You guys are not understanding what this question is saying. <laughs> it's saying, how to revive a career. Like, for instance, if I wanted oh. to revive Courtney Love's career, how would I do it? Okay, and now I got you. Oh. Um, have her come out and This is a question interviewed. asked by Courtney Love, is my point. <laughs> Uh, have her come out and be interviewed by magazines and TV shows and YouTube channels, uh, looking totally different. That's the first step that gets people mm-hmm. clicking. Yeah. That's all I got. Maybe have her come out and start saying some really wild political things, but, like, good wild. Like, not le- not necessarily Susan Sarandon level, but just come out and be like, I think that all billionaires should be put to death. Like, mm-hmm. that would get her into the headlines pretty quick, and a lot of people, including myself, would be like, all right, fuck yeah, Courtney Love. Good job. Yes. I think that uh, Courtney Love might have done good things. Okay. Um, Can you elaborate on that? I liked her music. <laughs> I genuinely thought Hole was a good band. Yeah. Uh, it seems like maybe she was like not a great mom, uh, but in 2005, she was interviewed at the uh, red carpet for the roast, the Comedy Central roast of Pamela Anderson, uh, <laughs> and was asked by a comedian, like, what's advice for young girls moving to Hollywood? And her response was, if Harvey Weinstein invites you to a private party in the Four Seasons, don't go. Mm. Wow. And she got blacklisted for it. <laughs> mm. uh, so I I think that uh, that, I think, speaks of good character, even if she's been troubled otherwise. Um, Mm. but if you want to revive your career, probably, uh, don't mention that people more powerful than you are evil. 
You have to choose between being good and having a career. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Can she suddenly come back and have been learning crazy guitar tricks or something this whole time? Ooh, like, or like, she impress or, us? Or like stunt acting, like be a, a movie Ooh. stunt person. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Now we're cooking. She She's the person who drives the motorcycles for John Wick. Oh, that would be fucking radical. <laughs> what have you found out today, today, that the stunt person for Jackie Chan in a new Jackie Chan movie was Courtney Love? <laughs> I would be so confused as to why Jackie Chan was making a movie with a stunt person, because he shouldn't be making action movies at all. He's so old. Yeah, he's so old, he needs a stunt person now, and the stunt person is Courtney Love. Oh, I say he's so old. He's only 68. That's not that old. It's too old to be getting kicked in the nuts by a stunt person. Yeah, I guess so. (sighs) Hey, how to revive rusted iron furniture. This is a thing I've actually yeah, done. Just, oh, I yeah. saw that and was like, Matt's done that. Yeah. Power um, washing, huh? Get an angle grinder, mm. grind off all that rust, and then paint it with rust-resistant paint. Could you do it with the power washers that are so crazy powerful that they're literally dangerous and you need to wear no. protective equipment? No, it's very important that you keep that sanded metal dry mm. so that new rust doesn't set in before you paint it. Oh, I know what I'm thinking of that they use online, that I've seen them use. Uh, they use a booth that blasts sand at things? Sand blasting, yes. Yeah. If you if you have access to a sand blaster, that's even better than an angle grinder, <laughs> but it's really expensive. And this is something I've genuinely been confused about my entire life. Sand blaster booths blast these little particulates to, to sand off the gunk. Yep. Can you use that particulate again, or do you have to throw it all away? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. If it's just average sand, it might uh-huh. not be too expensive to get more, huh? It's very expensive. I've already looked into <laughs> Damn. this. Okay, never mind. The good stuff is very expensive. And, like, isn't it all full of rust after you use it that one time? <laughs> Can you wash it, maybe? I don't know. I don't no, you have to put it in and you have to get another sand blaster. <laughs> Sandblasters all the way down. Yeah. Jeff, are you posting on our Discord while you're talking to us? Oh, Jeff! On this podcast? Uh, it was an accident. <laughs> Jeff! Uh, Matt, how to revive Eris. <laughs> oh, um, no! <laughs> here you, here's what you do. Uh-huh. Do you have a game genie? <laughs> uh, I am a game genie. That's how good mm. at video games I am. Oh, yeah, you've been playing Shantai and the Seven Veils or whatever that game is called. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about, but that was a very strange construction of a title that you got there. Well, what's it called? It's Shantae in the Genie Kingdom or whatever. <laughs> There's like seven Shantae games. Yeah, I know. Uh, the seven males, like The Matt. Seven Sirens is one of them. Okay. I was so close. You were close. Yeah. Uh, the Half Genie Hero, Pirate's oh, yeah, Curse, and Risky's yeah. Revenge. There you go. Um... Now, if you wanted to revive Aerith, I think you can probably do that in the Final Fantasy VII remake. When I was going to uh, say, in the remake, don't they have her not die? Well, they haven't gotten to the part where she dies yet, oh. so who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I should probably finish playing that. I played like 35 hours. I was really enjoying it, and then just other stuff came out, and I lost the plot. It's pretty good, except I got, I 99%ed it and found out there was one thing that I missed that I couldn't do without replaying the whole game again, and I was like, <laughs> fuck this, actually. Yeah. Oh, man. That is, uh, that was my experience with Undertale, which I know mm. is only like a seven or eight hour game, but there was still like something I messed up at the beginning that meant 
I couldn't get the best ending, so I'm like, eh, well, I guess medium ending for me it is. Mm-hmm. And oh, if you sucks. reboot it, it still remembers. Yeah. Ugh, that's annoying. Yeah. How do you revive a movie franchise, though? Uh, make it grittier. Start it over again, but make it that the hero says fuck this time. Mm, nice. Add a cute, precocious kid, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Now, that's how you revive a sitcom. Never mind. Not yeah, that one. True. Yeah. Uh, uh, you introduce The Rock as a new character. Ooh, The you Rock it- as a precocious little kid. <laughs> Ooh, I like this. You make it so that you're not entirely sure if it's really happening or if it's all just in the main character's mind. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And the main character? That's right. Superman. Precocious little kid. <laughs> oh. Precocious little Superman. Ooh, oh, precocious baby Superman. Superman played by The Rock. Ooh, I love this. <laughs> this is going to be our, if, this is no be one our ever young ex- Sheldon. <laughs> no one has ever explored the idea that people from Krypton are born fully grown humans. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, nobody what has if, ever explored cra- that idea that you just made up just now. <laughs> what if he crashed to Earth in that pod and he was just, uh, like, had the mind of an infant but was a fully grown adult? <laughs> that would be fun. This is a real uh, Jack, the movie Jack type yeah. of situation. Guys, I forgot. It's Jack meets Burn Bright. Was that that horror movie about an evil Brightburn. Superman kid? Brightburn. Uh, I forgot that there was a show about The Rock being a precocious child called Young Rock. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's in its second season. How is it not what? called Kid Rock? Come on, Kid. Max. <laughs> uh, the premise of it is The Rock is running for president in 2032, and so he's reminiscing about being 10, 15, and 18 to 20. Is this a web series? No, it is a network TV show on NBC. Impossible. Jesus Christ's own NBC. That's in- impossible. I don't. Yeah, no, thank you. you. There are actors who play wrestlers. Randy Savage is a character in it. The Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so tired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one is baffling to me. How to revive the hope chest? I mm. think they just are talking about the concept of the hope a diamond? hope chest. Yeah. Well, if it's about just hope chests. Revive makes me think this person wants them to become popular again, which is a very huh. weird thing to want, right? Well, maybe they're okay, reviving I their brand. Were, I thought you were talking about reviving a hope chest. Yeah, but no, it's the hope chest as Probably an idea. French French polish is a good <laughs> good way to go. Yeah, yeah sandblast sand blast that fucker. <laughs> I was doing that side quest in, in no. Elden Ring where you figure out how to revive the hope chest and having no luck. <laughs> I like the idea of you sandblasting your hope chest, yeah. and then it's just the contents of the chest lying perfectly undamaged, <laughs> but the chest itself is disintegrated entirely. The idea of reviving the concept of the hope chest I don't think is good, because it was only for girls, and the idea was that you need to put all your hopes about the future into how you're going to be getting married, and like that's the most important thing. So, What would you actually put in it? Like... These are the sheets that I'm going to use with my husband on our wedding night? Like, is it that kind of nonsense? Yeah, you do some Game of Thrones stuff in your hope chest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You would make, like, um, some people would keep, like, a wedding dress in there in, you know, the past. But you would also make, like, um, uh, dresses, aprons, uh, nightgowns, and things. When you had to make all your own clothes, you would make those for your married life and then save them. Mm, okay, and then when you, like, uh, peeled off an apple peel and threw it over your shoulder right. to see the letter of the person you were going to marry, you'd keep that apple in there? 
<laughs> yeah, you just ruin all the rest of your clothes with the <laughs> <Yeah>. rotten apples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. When you played that game where you had to write down if you wanted to live in a mansion or a shack. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mash. Wait, it wasn't, you couldn't choose, right? You had to. <laughs> yeah. Boy, nobody wants to live in a shack. That's weird, huh? <laughs> yeah. Why does no one ever choose shack? God damn it. That's why the B-52s did what they did. Because yes. they wanted to make people really appreciate oh, shack. They, they use the, they, they used the spirit of this WikiHow and they revived the idea of a they shack. They did! Uh-huh. They revived the idea of shacks and then Shaquille O'Neal came along and was like, I see what you're doing and I want to be a part of your movement. And he started Radio Shack and now shacks are super cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Uh, can we get... Is hmm, is Shaquille O'Neal married? Can we end that? Is there a give, Mrs. Shaq? Is, is there a Mrs. Shaq? And if so, can we get her out of the picture and have a reality show called Love Shaq? Oh, God. It's so good. <laughs> it is so what good. About, what about a reality show where single people go on and Shaq matches them up called Love Shack. Yes. I'm fine with that too. Catfish, yes. but Shaq hosts it. It's called Love Shack. It's called Shackfish. <laughs> that is a better name, Shaq. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like the idea of this uh, professional athlete celebrity with questionable uh, public speaking skills. <laughs> It's just going to be like you and you. You're getting together now. I don't know. He's better at public speaking than he is at free throws. God bless. (laughs) Take that, Shaq. I don't know about sports. I'm sorry. How to revive tired eyes using makeup. Um, Sleep more. Tired eyes. They're watching you. Yeah. Uh, I know you have to put yellow to cover up blue, so you're going to use a yellow tone of makeup on your the That's circles what that Coldplay song was about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I This is barely related. This is not what they're talking about, but I've been waking up lately with my eyeballs feeling dry, and I'm like, am mm-hmm. I opening my eyelids while I'm asleep first? Mm-hmm. Second, can I do anything about that? Yeah, you need to sleep in one of those like clear plastic tents like Michael Jackson used to do. <laughs> that keeps... keeps all your body moisture in there. Yeah, it keeps a perfect level of humidity. Yeah, yeah. It's like you need to sleep in a Fremen still suit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, all I need is those special goggles that like really hold the air around your eyes, but I fill mm. those with a visine. You mm-hmm. fill those with the juice from your eyes that you collect over a matter of weeks. Gross. Yep. <laughs> uh, what you should do is um, just learn to remember the things that your eyes detect when they're open while you're sleeping so that you can use that data later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm, how- have, you, yeah. have you checked to see if you're sleep eating? Because if so, you really owe it to us to learn to remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. The thing I didn't say was, yeah, my eyes are very dry when I wake up. And also my mouth is filled with ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> So your mouth is extra moist. Yeah, exactly. It's like mm, an imbalance. Interesting. Is greasy <laughs> a type of moist? Uh, yes. No, definitely yes. For food, yes. Although if you're talking about your body, I don't know if I would use that word. Yeah. yeah if you were like, mm, this cake is really moist, what you mean is it's got a lot of butter in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't feel like if I had a mouthful of ranch dressing, I'd be like, mm, my mouth feels so nice and moisturized. You know, I feel like the spin doctors really went off the rails with their second single mouthful of ranch dressing. (laughs) Well, they had to because that's Batman's weakness. 
<laughs> you know what? I've never seen him eat ranch dressing. Yep, it's true. And that is conspicuous. <laughs> yeah, Gotham's favorite thing is to put ranch dressing on pizza. Mm-hmm. Gotham, New Jersey, famous for its ranch dressing. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> oh, God. Let's be done. All right. Uh, le- finally, how to revive sun damaged hair. G- cut it all off yeah, and start over. Head. Yeah, start with new hair. Yep. It grows pretty fast. You'll get there. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on the the podcatcher you use or other ones also would be fine. Uh, If you want to, you could tell your friends about us. I mean, if you want to, no pressure, but it'd be pretty cool. Uh, Do it. (laughs) Yeah, coward. (laughs) Um, and, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord to talk to us. A new pe- some new people join our Discord. It's great. We, we love to see new, uh, fans in there talking about the show or asking us questions about our bad opinions, which none of us ever remember stating. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to do that, please, uh, send us a message on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm also online. Go to WeaponizedLanguage.com and you can find all the stuff for me. And you can talk to me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Please come back next week. But in the meantime, please remember that you can fuck up on the internet in so many ways. I don't know if other people are going to be into it. You have to know how to horse. Guys, have we become a parody of ourselves? <laughs> I think we always were the entire time. Mm, oh, okay, that's got fine, em. Then. <laughs>